nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Kareem Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Welcome to an impromptu episode of the Managing Drift Podcast. It's Sunday afternoon. We don't normally like recording on weekends unless there's an actual game to cover, but I was watching Castilla play today, and I thought to myself, let's call up Sam Sharp and just talk about Castilla so far all, and basically anything Raul-related we can we can touch on. So joining me is the biggest Castilla expert in the entire world, Sam Sharp. Sam, how you doing? How are we? I'm good. It's... According to Skype history, I believe the last time we recorded was oh July. That's not so bad. I've got late July. Okay, July. Down, that's yeah. not so bad. That means so we definitely have not recorded this season though. We didn't. No, we must, we must have done a preseason something. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, Sam, bear with bear with me for one sec. I'm just gonna uh, do some quick housekeeping for managing your listeners. Um, for those of you who have questions in the queue, we're going to bring them forward to Tuesday's show with Matt, where we're going to do a loan tracker of sorts, but but not really because it was the international break. So we're going to touch on a bunch of topics. So if you have questions, we're going to bring it forward to that one. Um, and if you want to get your questions in, send them over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. That will be a patron-only show if you want access to it. And also, live podcast in Madrid. It's happening on November 24th. Uh, we know everything except for the venue and the time, which we may actually be able to finalize by the end of the day today, but we'll announce it as soon as we can. I know a lot of you are going to be in town because it's in between the Sociedad game and the PSG game. So people are, that's a, by the way, Sam, that's a good doubleheader. Like people are doing that back to back because you have Odegaard on the 23rd at the Bernabeu. Then mm. a few days later, you have PSG at home. So it's a good one to... If you want to do two birds with one stone, that's one of the better ones in the calendar this year. Um, so yeah, so stay tuned for details. Sam, how how are you enjoying the season so far? It's not not been great results-wise, but what's the process been like? I actually quite like um, all of the performances Castillo have put in this season. I don't think I've seen one where I thought, oh, they've played badly. Um, but I think the problem is this season has just been a little bit meh if you know what I mean there's not really very much going on in terms of Kostir um and again back in the summer I'm guessing I I can't remember what podcast that was but we probably would have been excited about Kubo coming into the team perhaps Mm, that's right yeah an extended stay um so if those players stayed then I'm sure Real Madrid would have boosted their way well up the table um but what we're left with is is a good squad of players but perhaps um in terms of signings in the summer the only signing that that Kostir genuinely made was uh Guillem Rodriguez Martinez at right back from the uh, fourth division. Good player, but the players they've brought in, they're, they're heavily relying more than normal on under-19s graduates this year, which is fine because, again, the team's playing well and I, and I like the dynamic and the, and I think Raul is actually a pretty good manager. Um, but it is just, a, there's there's not much in, in the way of excitement happening at the moment. Do you, um, I feel like this is, it's almost sometimes a bit taboo to talk about bad about Raul. So when you say, you you've enjoyed Raul so far 
Mm. Do you say that because you have to? And it's like he's like your father and you can't say anything bad can... about him? Or are you, actu- <laughs> are you actually enjoying what you're seeing on the field? It's a genuine question. I, I don't know. I could be one No, one and I think other. that's the way that most people condition themselves, if you know what I mean. We can't speak bad about Roel. We can't speak bad about Zinedine Zidane. A few years ago, again, I had problems because um, I would say, Martin Edegaard's playing well. What are you talking about to the media? And I would say, Lucas Zidane is a terrible player. What are you talking about? And the, and the mindset was, he's a Zidane. He's, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, and people question me immediately when I when I bring up Zidane and his time at Castilla. Um, Luca, that is. Raul, let's just say, I don't think he is the optimate candidate for the Castilla job. He's not a bad manager by any means. He's not a great manager at this point in time. But we need to remember, this is his second season as a coach. Um, I just think he's pushed into the job a little bit too quickly when really there was a there was probably a better candidate waiting out there. And I think that's reflecting a little bit in the results because this group of players can can results wise perform better than they are. But um, I think Raul, again, he's coming in, he's experimenting with himself as a coach. And that that is not detrimenting the team necessarily, but it's certainly stalling them in areas, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think. There's some interesting points there in what you just said. Um, with mm. Raul, I think you can kind of see some of the identity unfold a little bit in that he really loves using the flanks. And his go-to is essentially, as we saw today, Fran Garcia or Sergio Lopez or whoever the fullback is just going down the yeah. flank and providing those overloads, crossing in, cutting in. He uses the flanks a lot. Um, I think whatever you want to say about him, I think he does... He definitely has a charismatic side to him that the players, I think, gravitate towards. He's more animated than I ever thought he would be. Um, I suppose when you <laughs> yeah. watch him play, you know, in his playing times, he was an emotional, passionate player, not necessarily known mm. for being, um, I guess, kind of that Diego Simeone fire on the sidelines, but he's kind of had that to him this season. Um, so I, I think it's also clear, like, some of the influence is rubbing off on the kids, be it good or bad. Because mm. I don't know if you saw today the game against Atletico um, Balaeres, is I believe how you pronounce it, uh, a team from Mallorca <laughs> who are actually first in the standings. We'll talk about that. Um, mm. When you watch Pedro play today, is it just me or is he, he tried like a million times to do the Raul chip? And it was like, clear that Raul was like giving him pointers but he was so it was so ambitious and so terribly executed and kind of weak and kind of blah the way he was trying to do it he he did it at least twice that it was it was terribly off the mark and not enough power on it but you could tell Raul Raul had you know you could see this kind of thing yeah translating directly from the training pitch I remember an interview I always bring Martin Erdogan to these kind of things but I remember an interview in the summer where Martin Erdogan was uh really telling in a lot of detail how Zidane helped him with Castillo, just with the way of his body positioning and the way that he needs to see the game. Mm. And I think in terms of coaches, the way that, you know, the best benefit these players can give is their experience and their and their expertise on the way to move, the way that, you know, their technique and things like that. And I think, if anything, that is what um, really rubs off on the players more than anything. And then their their tactical knowledge and their implementations come almost second with most of them. That's an interesting point. And I think... What that reminds me, when I spoke to Julian Draxler this summer um, about for a story <laughs> nice. about Raul, he had, I, w- I asked him, like, give me a Raul story, like a funny thing. And he's, he kind of like to that point, he said that um, he asked one time how he does the chip shot. And Raul's <laughs> response was, here it is verbatim. He says, 
it's easy if the goalkeeper is too close, just chip it. Ninety percent of the time, it's a goal. And uh, Draxler was like, if it was, if it was that easy, everyone can do it. But it's it's some <laughs> of those things that's hard to teach. I think unless you really have a natural understanding of of you know when to execute it, how to execute it, etc. Um, yeah. So when you say there could have been better candidates than Raul, do you have anyone in mind? You see, this is the set, the question that will always follow up with that. And the, the problem with Kostir, and it's such a, a primary stage for most coaches, is that no coach normally springs to mind. In fact, the only coach, the only answer I ever would have had for that would be Guti, who is also a former very successful player for Real Madrid. Sure. Um, he was screaming to be to be hired at the time. Now I feel, again, I can tell you the, the characteristics and the attributes I would like a young manager with, you know, with exciting ideas to have. But there is no name that that usually stands out to me. Um, with Castilla, I guess that is generally the case. Um, I, I yeah, think it's one of those things like be. with Castilla historically, it's, it just, it goes usually not always, but like you go down the line and there's a pecking order. So it goes Real Madrid team, Castilla, Juvenil A, Juvenil B, etc. And sometimes yes, people yeah. just work their ways up and that's just the default, mm. default assembly line. Um, I was I only attended one Castilla game this season. I was it was I was lucky enough that it was one of the good ones. It was the one that Rodrigo <laughs> yeah. played and scored in the first half and was good. Mm. Um, it's not always you don't always luck out when you watch Castilla. Um, it's not always entertaining. <laughs> uh, we can talk about the standings. I think um, as I mentioned earlier, Atletico um, Balares are first in the league and they actually have the league's best defense and the second best offense so it was not an easy game by any means um Castilla no. were 13th before the game started I don't know if that changed after the game Sam did it might be 15th at one point during the game they were they went down as okay. far as 15th but I will check that now um in terms of if you want to stack this up against years past results wise this is not as good as years past right or is it on par? Or is it better? No, and it, it doesn't feel like it's. I, as I good. find it really. I feel it. It's really difficult to kind of compare season by season because the standings this year, especially, are a reflection of the standard in a way. Like last year, I I always went on about how I found the standard of the entire group. You can't say the division because it's so it's so vast. Um, mm. but the entire group was was the lowest I've seen it this year. I don't think it's got any worse, but it certainly doesn't appear to be any better. I mean, as you said, this is the the supposedly the group's best side, and they're quite far ahead in terms of standings. Um, they're a jump ahead by a good eight points at least. Mm. So, in I mean, getting your opinion, do you think they did you see anything that that suggested? Oh, this is this is by far the best team in the group today. No, not really. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been that way for a couple of seasons now. So comparing results from previous seasons, I find to be hard, especially when you look at the the quality of Castilla can can differ so greatly as well. Um, yeah, I remember the first season that I I made Castilla stats. It was that fifteen sixteen year, and I think um, low key they are one of the best Castilla sides of all time that year. Um, Remind us who the was on that team. They went, uh, so Mariano was on that team. Erdegaard, Lorente was in midfield with with Febas. Enzo Zidane um, and Alvaro Jimenez were were um, two of the other attackers, and obviously we got Philip Leinhart who is storming Bundesliga with uh, with Freiburg this year. Mm. Um, Tejero, just 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 so much talent all the way through that squad, and they they really showed it as well. Zidane was manager, and Luis Miguel Ramis, the um, La Liga one two three manager of the season, was manager of that season as well. They two in once, um, 
and they went toe to toe. They eventually won the league group on the very last day. They went toe to toe with a couple of other teams in with, in competition, and I I just oh, remember right. being and so impressed. And that was impressed. the heartbreaking playoff. Uh... Yeah, then they yeah. completely screw the playoffs. That, like, that was the team that should have made it to Segunda. I mean, they should have won the entire... They were the best team in that entire division, 100%. Um, and if they can't do it, I can't really blame anyone else for not being able to do it. But the, the quality throughout that division just surprised me all the time. Again, you're thinking about the players that jumped straight to, to Leon and scored 20-plus goals straight to La Liga um, and made the Copa del Rey final with, with Alaves. We're talking about players that were seriously developed for that league Um and and teams managed to go toe to toe. Of course, they would they would play the dirty tactics and that kind of thing. But in terms of their level, it just impressed me nearly week in week out. Then two years later, I don't know if all those players again naturally rose up the the divisions and now playing Division One, Division Two, or abroad. Um, but Segunda B really fails to impress me on a week by week basis. There will it's really rare occasion where a team I think ah oh, they've got a bit about them. They they're actually all right. Um, so yeah, in terms of comparisons, I, I can't make, just find it impossible. Um, and especially when Castilla changes so much within their squad as well. Yeah. Um, uh. the, there's always like a fluctuation of, of talent and which teams are good. I think, I think like maybe like a handful of times watching Castilla play over the years, I can remember like, oh, this team is actually pretty good. Like they have an identity, yeah. here, like pressing, like I felt that way. I think it was Celta Vigo B last season or two seasons ago now i can't remember where i actually felt like they were at a very high level the way they're they're like tactically what we were seeing on the pitch um there, but it it's uh, rare yeah um i i definitely agree and the b teams tend to bring that kind of tactical yeah um, i would say superiority with them and that's why i quite B had, a, had a had that about them too last season when i watched them play yeah absolutely yeah. i remember deportivo b one year were just unbelievably good um i couldn't believe how good they were they um they pack Castilla. I can't remember the scoreline, but I've never seen, I don't think I've seen a game like it for Castilla where they just got completely outplayed. So then obviously within the league, Castilla itself is volatile because you have no idea who you get to rely on every week. Um, you know, one week you might mm. have Rodrigo and just destroy the opposition and, and the other week you might not. <laughs> I suppose now we probably won't see Rodrigo and Castilla again. Do you? Do you think so? Which is probably for the best. I don't think, I don't think we will. There obviously will be times where he's not involved and, there was a period of time where he wasn't involved with Castilla or the first team, which I think is unacceptable for a, a player like that. But at the same time, I don't think he should have been anywhere near Castilla in the first place. And I think when you, the game you watch live, you just saw that. You, we can talk about the differences between... I say Rodrigo, by the way. I'm sorry if that annoys anyone. Someone, someone. Uh, we la- I remember it. now in the summertime, someone was very upset after the podcast that, 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 we, that have we were letting you get away with that. Rodrigo. There is a Brazilian Rodrigo at Castilla, so I just need that for context. I'm sorry if that confuses anyone. <laughs> um, there's two of them. But we can talk about the difference between Rodrigo and Vinicius. And I think when they both play for Castilla, Rodrigo is just complete. He's just a level above, if you know what I mean. And when you watched Vinicius a couple of times live for Castilla, and I just feel he was very, very, very raw um, with things like decision making. There was something that he really could work on at Castilla and improve his game. Well, with Rodrigo, I just don't, I feel it's just, it's something to pass the time by, if you know what I mean. I think, I, I know what you mean. Um, now, mind mm-hmm. you, Vinicius, when he when I saw him play with Castilla, he pretty much was, it was clear he was by far you the best player on the pitch. The but, derby. Yeah. 
the yeah. last season, yeah. That was one where that someone bit his head. Yeah. yeah now, but head, I, yeah. I do think with Castilla, Vinicius had a knack of getting involved in the in the in the games, in the mental games. Mm. Where I think Rodrigo is just kind of like, yeah, I'm better, and I don't, I don't need to try too there, hard. It's pointless having him there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I don't see it. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to say is, I think Rodrigo, from a mental perspective, did not get caught up with the games and stuff, and he was like, he was just more like secure in himself. Um, whereas yeah. Vinicius was that, very that... kind of trying to, you know, he was he seemed offended by certain things and tried to like go to one on one battles and kind of got lost in the game a little bit yeah. at times. Absolutely, and I think that that is um, a perfect example of where they are as players. Um, and I think for Vin- the price tag again will always get in my head with both of these players, but for for VJ, I think Castillo was actually almost a, a natural progression for him again to bridge that gap over from from Brazil into that first team, and I think he played that perfectly. With Rodrigo, I just don't think that was ever needed in the first place, mm. um, just because. Again, he's a, completely in every aspect, as you said, mentally, physically, with, in terms of his ability. He's just a level above this league. It's not. I'm not going to say it's not worth his time, but it, it there's not much point to it. Um, the the game today. I don't want to touch too much on it because we're we're kind of looking more of the grand scheme of things. Although I think just mm-hmm. to put you on the spot, I think we should maybe do this every international break because that's the time I most I spend most on Castillas during the international break because. <laughs> When I look at the international schedule, there's only maybe a couple games that really interest me, especially at this stage where mm-hmm. most people are already qualified and the games are like, I don't know, Portugal yeah. versus Lithuania. Like, I don't, I don't care. Um, so Castilla, I, I, <laughs> I watch it more closely. And so I think it would be a good, good, uh, good time to kind of just reflect on things and how things are going. Yeah. Today, what impressed me, I mean, this was a difficult game because like, we're talking about like teams with good tactics and stuff. I don't think, Balaeris were like otherworldly, but um, they Castilla, I think they made Castilla's build up difficult and it was hard for them to get out of the press at times. And some of the ways they did was a lot of a lot of, a lot through Fran Garcia, um, just dribbling through multiple players, as was the case mm. with the goal that Pedro scored from. Um, he's he is a standout to me. What do you think? I mean, Every year, there are always going to be players um, that you can envision jumping to a very high standard within a couple of seasons after their Castilla career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Fran is one of them for sure. I think you will see him playing La Liga in the next few years for sure. Um, he has been... I can't remember a time where I just didn't rate him really, really highly. He's always been one of the team's most important players. This season, um, Raul... To my, it got on my nerves a lot, but he experimented with him as a winger a lot. And you know what I feel about these kind of players changing like this. Um, and I thought that would be quite damaging for him in the same way that Luis Mique Sada um, kind of progressed on to be a winger and killed yeah. his first team chances completely. I feel if there's a player that, in terms of being an outfield player, because goalkeepers are obviously going to get that third spot, uh, if there's an outfield player that can um, potentially secure a first team spot at some point, in the future Frank Garcia is up there he's got to be have one of the highest chances for sure do you uh, do you have a pulse on Luis Miquesada to see what how he's doing these days I have no idea he's um he's playing for Cadiz who are top of the league I believe oh he's um, on Cadiz I don't know if he's I don't know if he's playing um, but he's there he plays for them um, I don't think it's alone either um, so no, he, he was uh, sold. I'll get back to you on that one he's sold um, yeah so he, he plays for them he's their player you he's, could see him in La Liga soon. You never know. He's played. 
I don't know if he's played this season. I'm going to try to secretly look up <laughs> some so. stats while we're recording. But, um, <laughs> well, he has appearances last season, obviously. Uh, this season, uh, I don't think he's played a single game. Wow. No debut just yet. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. I saw a picture of him uh, on Instagram with Alex Fernandez, Nacho's brother, the other day, which was a bit odd. I think their Castilla teams must be about six or seven years apart. Um uh, bizarre. <laughs> um, that's a shame. He was. I, I liked him a lot. Um, yeah, and I think again we're talking about the decisions these managers make. I think we see Reguilon now. He got the chance at left back because Luis Mikasada was pushed further afield. That's right. I feel yeah. yeah. At the time, Casada was probably a, a stronger left back. I won't lie to you in terms. Of I thought Casada uh, was going to be. Gonna mm. be I thought Casada was the best player of that group. I was wrong about that. Yeah, uh, by the way, well, I liked I him more at left wing than time. you did. I, but um, but Regulon, you're right. That's a good point. Regulon was essentially the winner of Solari pushing Casada to left wing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just didn't want to see that happen with Frank Garcia this season. But to Raul's credit, eventually he reverted that decision. So I'm um, credit where it's due. Wow, Casada was martyred mm. for Regulon, and out of it, <laughs> this was maybe Solari's biggest. This was Solari's biggest achievement. Is it bizarre? Is Regulon Solari's biggest achievement? I. The thing is, I feel I don't know who I said this to, but I feel Solari gets far too much credit for Regulon. Oh yeah, I forgot you um, refused to give him credit for anything. Because J Lo Lopetegui promoted Regulon out of nowhere. We need to remember that he gave him the chance in preseason. Um, every single performance in that preseason, I, I can remember the Juventus game. I can't remember many others, um, but. I was surprised and just unbelievably impressed with every performance in that in that summer. And then obviously, Lopetegui saw this, promoted him immediately. And then you have a look, one of his first signings for Sevilla when he got that job was Reguilon. I feel that is what the credit is due for Reguilon with, with Lopetegui more than anyone else. But Solari did a fantastic job of integrating these youth players. He doesn't get enough credit for Javi Sanchez, for instance, who was not only playing for Real Madrid, but playing like a, a, an experienced Real Madrid centre-back every week. Um, the integration of Vinicius was genius. I feel he doesn't get enough credit for these two moves, but for Reguilon, I feel that, if anything, there's just not that much credit due. I feel Lopetegui had no reason to promote, again, a Castilla reserve left-back at the time. Uh, But he took that chance, and it's just paid off tremendously for both the player and and, uh, the manager. I can't wait for Solari to win the World Cup one day, and then you're gonna come out and be like, "Well, it's a rubbish competition. It's never really meant anything." I feel it'll be uh, more likely from the room is gonna be the MLS Cup, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of defenders from Castilla named Javi, you mentioned Javi Sanchez. Okay, Javi Hernandez, yeah. I really like. I think he's yeah, like absolutely. a very interesting, versatile center back who can obviously join the attack and score goals, shoot from distance, but he's good at reading the game. He's strong in the air. I really like what I saw when they played against Raya Maharajonda earlier this mm. season. I think he's I think he's really good. Yeah, he is. And I think he's the only Castilla player that looked completely out of their depth during a preseason <laughs> uh, campaign in, in America. He looked um, terrible. He scored against, was it Atletico Madrid? Uh, I don't know. 7-3. I think he scored one of the... No, we won't bring no, that one. No ch- really? Yeah, he yeah, played yeah, that yeah. game? <laughs> 
I was yeah, at that game still... and I don't even remember. I don't remember any any Real Madrid goal scores from that man. day. All I remember is Diego Costa four goals. That's the only thing I remember from being there. <laughs> I can't remember that. Um, but with the interesting thing with Hernandez is last season he signed for Oviedo's B team. I'm not even sure. I think they're in Division Four. Um, he he's one of those players again that never really looked like he was going to get that Castilla chance. He ended up that season being a starter, playing way over 20 games for Oviedo's first team um, in the second division. So you can see exactly why he slotted straight back into Castilla, got this first team opportunity in the summer. Um, and he just looks fantastic. I feel this is this is going to be the season where he pushes on to La Liga within two seasons easily. You're right. Javi Hernandez did score in that game against Atletico. The, the last goal. Did he get an own goal as well? Uh, I don't know. I, now you're making me bring up the same tab again. I, <laughs> yes, I already have right. enough tabs. So. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's what's uh, any any interesting prospects that Castilla don't have yet that they have their eye on that they might sign that we can be excited about? Signings. Um, he did not score an own goal, by the way. He did not. Oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. He he didn't have a good game either way. <laughs> um, uh, I actually couldn't tell you about any signings. There's there's not been any rumors. Um, and again, it's a summer. I cannot remember a summer where they signed less amount of players externally they got one player in two if you count Kubo which obviously didn't happen so you can't hmm. um they signed one player for free from the fourth division um I've never seen a summer like it and I don't know if that was Raul's plan obviously I think he was quite committed to the idea of having these these big players come in for him and it's it's not happened um I think he will be looking I don't know if we'll get any January signings but I think he will be looking to to bring some players in in the future. I don't think he will make the mistake of of trusting the first team <laughs> again with some of their players that might drop down a little bit. Um <clears throat> Franchu the more I see of him I think he's going to be I'm surprised he's there are some people that sometimes linger in Castilla for so long that it feels like they've been there for <laughs> years but I guess he hasn't because him and Oscar came up together, didn't they? Or he wasn't he uh, there before I, Oscar? He's been there for oh, a long time, hasn't really he? Look that up, mate. Well, the problem is he's been out injured. I think he was out injured for almost a year. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't feel like it. I think he came up with Oscar though. Um, in that season, he's only twenty one. It just feels like we've been watching this kid for years. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, no, I. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it now. Anyways, my point is... Yeah, I think it was Oscar's season. Yeah. It feels right that they came up mm. together, right? Um, but yeah, he's only yeah. 21. Um, I think he's going to be really good. I don't think he's a Real Madrid player unless he develops into, like, you know, that that Callejon, Lucas Vazquez type player who's, like, deep down the depth mm. chart but is serviceable, does well. I like the way he defends the flank. I like his dribbling. I like his crossing. I like. I just like his energy. Um you know, maybe Oscar is a good comparison. Obviously, they're not similar players at all. But Oscar is having a nice career, kind of, at Leganes. He's, mm, he was yeah. really good focal point for them last season. Obviously, this season, they kind of stink. But um, he's still a part of that project. <laughs> and he's he's going to be good. He's, he's going to be a good La Liga player. I think Franchu kind of will follow in that footsteps. What do you think? I've been really impressed. Again, he came back from injury this season and he was out for a very long time. So I was keen to see things like the way he moved and the way the way he got a feel for the ball early on. And he got man of the match, not today, 
But I think it was last week he got man of the match. And his direct dribbling, he was just terrorising that defence for 90 minutes. Mm. Um, and to see him basically back at almost his best level so quickly is um, really, really not only impressive, but important because he needs to push on now. He, If he wasn't injured, I feel he wouldn't be at Castilla right now. He'd be higher. Um, yeah, me too. So depending on how it goes this season, I feel um, we will see him push on into a very, very good standard because... On his day, he is a decider. It's as easy as that. He had a kind of inconsistent first season, not that bad. But his second season before his injury, um, he was really, really good. Um, I, what, what, do you want to talk about anything else before we wrap it up? So I've got just a couple of notes down here um, about Miguel Baeza. I think we we have to talk about he's the top okay. scorer, top assister. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays as an attacking midfielder. Um He's got Real Madrid in his family. I don't, don't ask me to quote who or, or, or um, what kind of relic played for Real Madrid in the past, but he, he has a long history with the club. Okay. Uh, come through the academy. I feel he's been the best Castilla player this season, bar none. Um, he really, he's such an exciting player to watch. I didn't know much about him before he got promoted, but he has been my favourite player this year um, by far. Just to be clear, um, when you say most goals, doesn't he have like three goals? It's <laughs> <laughs> a low bar, right? Hey, a I'm lot, not taking. I'm not trying to players, knock him, but <laughs> a lot of players finished the season on six, so he, he's on tiles. What did Mariano um, have? No, that he one has three year? goals. Oh, he had like twenty-five. That there was mental. Yeah. I think he's got the highest-scoring season of all time, uh, Mariano. Huh. Um, but then we need to think. Remember, six. There, there is nothing wrong with with scoring six goals in your first professional season. Absolutely nothing. Victor Camposano, for for instance, has. I think he's already got six for Espanyol's first team this year. He got six in a season for Castilla at most. I think. Yeah, um, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah, he can score, especially the Europa League against uh, Moscow, and I see it all the time. Um, I think he scored against. I watched the Erdogan game when they played, and I think he scored in that game. Um, so. It doesn't matter at this point how many goals you score necessarily. Again, it's fantastic if you do score 20 goals because it means that you're going to be snapped up or you're going to be promoted immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just about working on those those kind of traits. Um, but yeah, top scorer, three goals. I think Castilla's biggest problem, we're talking about the results. I feel they don't have a, a proven goal scorer at this level. And that's someone that, that a manager normally brings in or looks to bring in every single summer if they if they can't promote one from the, the 19s. And Pedro, as you said, he's played about 20 Castilla games over three or four years now. Um, and he scored his first Castilla goal today. Um, Rodrigo, the, the other Brazilian, not Rodrigo, looks like he is a fantastic goal scorer, but he's been out injured so far this season. Uh, he's played about two games. So... Once Rodrigo got promoted and didn't look like coming back, I, I'm not sure where the goals are going to come from, to be honest, Ken. Um, well, I, I have that question about Castilla a lot because they don't have that like superstar finisher for a lot of these years, mm. really after Mariano Mayra. Like even Danny Gomez, like he kind of fell off, right? He got double figures eventually, but he did, again, there was contract disputes. There was all sorts That's going right, on with yeah. him that meant um, he was hindered a lot. I had a question. Well, Cristo Gonzalez, I remember. Go oh, on, yeah. you go. Where's Cristo right now? Remind me. <laughs> I don't know what happened during this summer. He he transferred to Udinese, who play in Syria. Really? Um, and I thought that's a fantastic move. And I remember seeing a, a, a video of his goal in preseason for them, where he beat about eight players uh, and scored. And then for some reason, he was loaned out to Huesca. Yeah, he's at Huesca now. <laughs> and, but know, he, so he's not. He's I don't not, think the club own him anymore. Do they? Or do they? So I, no, because we sold into them, and, sold. and he's on loan from Udinese. It's very strange. Yeah, you're um, right. He has 11 appearances, two goals in Segunda for Huesca. 
they've got a very strong squad. They should probably be looking for promotion. I have a question. What hap- What's uh, where are Raul's kids? Are they in the youth t- part, youth teams at all? Um, I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, I can imagine they would be though, because just that link normally. Um, I would imagine. Something like that. Are they maybe? Is it possible that maybe they don't like? Maybe they don't like football. Maybe well, they're like maybe they're on the volleyball team. I don't know. Yeah. So Hector <laughs> Hector Gonzalez, fourteen. I don't know where he is. Mateo Gonzalez, 14. Are they twins? Maybe. I don't know. Jorge Gonzalez, 19. Not heard of him. No, so he, he must not be, be a footballer. Uh, otherwise, mm. we would have known about him at the age of 19. Hugo Gonzalez, 16. And then Maria <sighs> Gonzalez, 9. He has five kids. We haven't heard of any of them. So No, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 only David Beckham's children spring to mind because I remember one of those kids played for Arsenal um, in the academy and then ended up just quitting just didn't like it very much by the way speaking of kids i've been uh i've been keeping my keeping tabs on lucas zidana racing he's actually been pretty good uh unfortunately has he has he improved has he well it's it's, it is what it is i want him to do the best he can um are they where are they are they in the relegation zone uh i'm not sure but he essentially i watch racing's highlights every i mean that's my extent of like covering i watch their highlights every weekend <laughs> i don't like you know analyze them but the high, what you get from the highlights is you see the goals conceded and you see the save so you basically see mm. all of lucas zidane's highlights in that package yeah 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 and okay. the, the goals they concede are usually not his fault or mm, good uh, or he makes good saves or and he saved a couple penalties i believe this season too so he's like good racing are 21st in the and so they're in the relegation zone yeah um, uh, I remember yeah. watching them in preseason against Sociedad again, watching Odegaard, and I think he saved a penalty in that game. To be, to be fair on him, um, just I want him to be as good as he can be. I don't want him to play for Real Madrid because I support Real Madrid and I want them to do well. Mm. But um, I, I, I hope he, you know, improves. Um, I'm surprised that he starts at, at Sociedad. To be fair, um, they're very, Santander. very. Oh, are you talking about <laughs> Lucas Zidane still? Good memory. Yeah, uh, Lucas Zan, Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised that he starts at, at Santander, given their. I think they had a keeper that was really well established. Um, but again, you never know. I don't know anything about that story. Maybe he's injured or, or something like that. You know what irks me is that why Lucas Zidane is playing every every week. That that doesn't irk me. That's great. I'm happy for him. How mm. can we have Lucas Zidane playing every week, but Andre Lunen can't get a sniff on the field? Like what? And this is my like this. Um, well, what my point is like, why don't you just send him to Segunda for a team? Like, why do you have to have him in La Liga for a goalkeeper? I mean, like, okay, maybe you'll face better quality shots in a high, t- higher league, but surely having him in Segunda playing for anybody in Segunda would be better, right? Like, at least you're I mean, getting match fitness, you're getting shots at you constantly. You can kind of measure how good a goalkeeper is doing. Mm, why not send him into I Segunda mean, instead of him not playing at he's all? Played what? Four games in two years now. That that really yeah, is unacceptable. I can't think of a worse name, a worse um, record, in fact, for a low knee. Um, and we're talking about a seriously, seriously talented goalkeeper, a, a world champion at youth level with with Ukraine of all teams. Um, you think he'd have a big part to play in that? A senior international with Ukraine. Um, I remember watching him against Atletico Madrid when I checked in last year. He he was fantastic in that game. Um, I think that's his only La Liga appearance to date. I just uh, football's like this. There are some players that are so talented and just never ever seem to get the opportunity. And I, I would, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in this situation and, and just find out these reasons why, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, because it confuses the hell out of me too. <clears throat> um, 
absolutely. So follow Sam Sharp on Twitter. It's at Castilla Stats. I bet you if you start typing Castilla in, in Twitter, you'll, you'll be like one or two, but uh, it's at Castilla Stats. He's had it for years. He writes for Managing Madrid. He does a lot of our social media. Um, mm. Have been You've been kind of quiet lately, but... Oh, What's don't going talk on? to me about life, mate. Life's crazy. <laughs> um, it's my last year at, at university. It just is mm. what it is. I know the um, I just can't wait till it dies down. I can get back to just being really productive where I where I want to, if you know what I mean. Um, there will be always time to go to university, my friend, but these Castilla, these Castilla <laughs> games don't watch themselves, so prioritize, yeah. my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Once in a lifetime opportunities to watch some of these. All right. Good, <laughs> Good luck, Sam. <laughs> Uh, always a pleasure let's do this more often and uh, we'll talk soon mate take care Mm, thank you